Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of 18 in Life, the Pac-12 Hoops podcast. My name is Jeff Newsom. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Seth Cullen, and our producer, Jeff Collier. And, Seth, where we left off last week was we sort of... Um, well, actually, first of all, you were sick, so you're feeling better, right? Feeling much better, yes. Thank you. All right, so we left off with you feeling sick, and you're feeling better. Um, one thing that is not feeling better is the national reputation of the Pac-12 conference. Um, we sort of talked about how, uh, you know, right around Thanksgiving time is sort of ESPN, um, ESPN non-conference tournament heaven. You know, you get all these tournaments, and teams get to play all sorts of different teams, and um, lots of sort of interesting, nice uh, interconference, intersectional matchups. And uh, one thing that we learned is that uh, the bottom half of this conference could be potentially really horrendous, mm-hmm. and the top half of the conference might be okay, you know, after some losses last week. Um you know, how, how do you sort of assess how this is shaping up? Because one thing we sort of know is we've, we've done this for the last couple of years is that, uh, you know, when, once the national perception of a conference sort of gets shaped by, by the, the sort of gatekeepers of the national college basketball media, it is, it's hard to change it, right? Well, the number one thing that hurts is UCLA being, at least at this point, um, bad. One and four, which is, I mean, hard to fathom really. Uh, and, you know, people are always going to think about, you know, UCLA and I think secondarily Arizona when they think about Pac-10 basketball. I mean, you know, if Duke's sort of having a down year, then that kind of means the ACC is not, uh, you know, really thought of as, as, as good as it could be. And so I think, um, that's going to hurt. But, you know, look past UCLA and there's five teams in the conference that only have one loss. Um, Cal, Oregon State, Stanford, Washington, and Oregon. And they all, you know, I mean, um, by the numbers are looking like pretty solid teams. Um, you know, not top 10 teams, not top 20 teams, but, um, but kind of a big group of teams that are kind of, you know, maybe top 25, you know, material kind of hanging around out there. So, um, you know, I, I think there's, uh, there's going to be some good basketball at the very least. Um, and, you know, it's going to be competitive. You know, US, UCLA is not going to be as bad as they've been. Uh, and um, I think you're going to – hopefully one of these teams will get some, you know, a decent signature national win, and it'll it'll help sort of the, the perception nationwide and, you know, UCLA kind of picking it up. Yeah, it's – you know, the, the interesting thing about UCLA, and we've we've spent a lot of time talking about UCLA the last couple of weeks, so I won't I won't dwell on them too much. But yeah. uh, the one thing that I noticed in watching them in the Maui Invitational was that, you know, when they played Kansas and they played Michigan, um, you know, both two – obviously two good teams, they just didn't even look like they belonged really on the same floor with those mm-hmm. two teams. And I think that, that was sort of the most jarring thing. You know, I really – you know, it's one thing to lose to Loyola Marymount when they shoot out of their minds and same thing with Middle Tennessee State. And, you know, I mean, you know, all of that's – I mean, you could chalk some of that up up to you – know, I mean, you don't want to say fluke. It's not, you know, a f- total fluke. But, I mean, it's – you'll chalk some of that up to sort of random happenstance of the other team just sort of playing really well. But, you know, as I watched them against Kansas and I watched them against Michigan, I mean, I, I'll just say even just from a talent, perspective they just didn't look like they were really in that class and that's sort of that was sort of jarring you know because you're used to seeing and i think you know we've gotten used to seeing 
you know, a high level of talent from UCLA. And, and I think even when, you know, they, they weren't great at times, you know, like last year, you know, when they weren't outstanding at times, um, you know, you just sort of always had this thought, well, you know, I mean, there's talent there. They're just not putting it all together and, you know, sort of all these things. But, you know, as I watched it, it just sort of looked like they just didn't even seem really yeah. belong. And, and that was a, that was sort of a sort of a jarring thought. Now, one team that, that sort of does look like it belongs and it's a team that that I have, you know, had uh, that I have been sort of skeptical of had a healthy skepticism of for for a year now is is Oregon State and and that is you know you made a comment to me you know on email that they might be the most athletic team in the conference which is sort of a uh you know sort of <laughs> I don't know like that's just not something you typically associate with Oregon State but yeah. you know everybody knows about Jared Cunningham but obviously obviously they run deeper than that and having a, a pretty good week last week yeah I mean uh you know, they, I mean, they did earlier get that win against Texas, and then they, you know, they won. They did lose their first game against Vanderbilt, but then they won a couple of games this week. Um, and you know, outside of Cunningham and Roberto Nelson and Ahmad Starks, uh, who were all very talented, they also, um, I, who's somebody that I didn't even know about, this guy Eric Moreland, who I guess registered last year, um, tall, long, you know, sort of Cunningham-esque uh, and fast. And I mean, they're just. They're big, they're fast, they're athletic. They seem to have basketball skills. Um, I mean, that, that's a pretty potent combination. And you know, the other team that that is that looked, at, you know, to your point of looking like they belong is Stanford, which probably should have beat Syracuse um, last week. They had a seven point lead with about four minutes to go, and Syracuse went man to man on them oddly, or pressed them and and. Uh, and got a bunch of turnovers and beat them. But Stanford also very long, very athletic, um, and can play with some of the bigger teams in the bigger conferences. The interesting thing about Stanford to me is, you know, one of the things they've sort of established under Johnny Dawkins is pretty good defense. And uh, as I'm looking at their their defensive efficiencies here, I mean, they you know they held Syracuse under 0.97 points per possession, which you know as we know 1.0 is is average. And so if you hold you know a team like Syracuse, which right now is ranked number four by Ken Pomeroy in terms of you know his uh, his system of you know Pythagorean win percentage, whatever, which is basically just based off of point margin, more or less point per possession margin. Um, you know, holding a, t- a really good offensive team like that or a team at least is really good. You know, is is one of the those things where, you know, you sort of that, that sort of makes you, I think, sit up and take notice. Now their offense did struggle to some degree. You talked about the turnover percentage. They ended up turning it over on one third of their uh, one third of their possessions, one out of every three possessions, which obviously is not good. Yeah. Um, but you know, they they had been really good at taking care of the ball up until that point against some really bad teams. Um, really good though again taking care of it against Oklahoma State, which is a good win. You know, that's that's a solid team. And so, um, you know, it's it's interesting. And they they one thing I you know I'm noticing also is you know they crash the offensive glass. And they play defense. And, you know, there are lots of teams that sort of have been able to follow that recipe with athletic front lines and do a, do a successful job. In the Pac-12, um, you know, one team obviously that comes to mind is Washington. You know, done a really good job over the years of, of having, you know, just sort of athletic big men that, that crash the glass and, and then, uh, you know, guards that, that play sort of ball pressure defense and, um, 
you know, just sort of do really well there. Um, Kansas State, you know, another team that comes to mind, plays sort of a similar style, athletic big men up front, um, solid defense, you know, and, 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 the, and they crash the glass to make up for whatever shortcomings they may have sort of on the perimeter. And so I think, you know, I, I think there's a real chance that uh, – that, that Stanford is is sort of for real and and Oregon State you know when I look at them um, they've put up some pretty eye popping offensive numbers so far this year regardless of competition um, you know against Texas they put up 1.2 points per possession which is really 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 good and uh, the other funny thing about that game is that it was played at 82 possessions which is really 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 fast yeah so for sure. Yeah, so, you know, as I'm looking at, at their games real quick, the only one that sticks out like a sore thumb is the loss to Vanderbilt, where they didn't shoot well, you know, and, and I don't, I haven't seen that game yet, so I don't know exactly why necessarily they didn't shoot well, but I know that at this point it sort of looks like somewhat of an anomaly. Um, their defense has sort of been an uneven effort, uneven performances, but um, but, you know, it certainly seems like, Offensively, uh, they might have at least somewhat the firepower to to stick around. Um, if we look at you know maybe some of the other teams that you know were sort of in that top tier that we're, that we're talking about, the teams that that you know are, are expected to contend that only have maybe one or two losses. Um, Cal, Washington, Arizona. Um, you know, I guess nothing really of note there to really I guess pay attention to this well, week. At least. Cal, go ahead. Well, it would have been nice if Cal hadn't just completely gotten demolished by Missouri. I mean, just this is true, actually run out of the gym. They lost by 39 points. Yes. And, and uh, I don't know. I had my eye sort of on that game. I wasn't able to really watch it. I was able to kind of, you know, see it kind of out of the corner of my eye. So I'm not really sure what happened. But uh, it was it that was that was a bummer. I was definitely bummed out that, you know, they couldn't just. They just couldn't do anything against that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they don't have enough ball handlers or something. Yeah. Because, you know, Missouri presses you like crazy. They had 21 turnovers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was yeah. That was well, that I mean, that good. was a game I was able to watch, and uh, and that that is sort of a game that I would put, um, you know, somewhat in the same you know same as the Oregon State mode. You know, where I just go, okay, you know, that's just sort of a really out of the ordinary, really just sort of, you know, just like weirdly bad performance. Yeah. Um, you know, they, uh, as I'm looking here, they, they scored 0.76 points per possession in that game and gave up 1.32 uh, to uh, to Missouri. You know, as I watched it, it was basically, it's, it was as bad as it sounds. I mean, it, Cal couldn't hit anything. Um, no shots would drop. They they just, I mean, they shot their their effective field goal percentage for the game was thirty one point six. You know, average is like forty nine or fifty. You know, so it's like they just shot horribly. They turned it over a bunch. Um, it was just it, it was bad. And uh, you know, defensively, it seemed like Missouri couldn't miss, and they didn't turn the ball over at all. And they got to the line whenever they wanted to, and it just was very, um, the whole thing was just very very strange. It, it sort of had this thing. I mean. I, I, I definitely, it's not like I'm going to say I walked away and felt like, well, Cal was a better team. They just had a bad night. I mean, I'm not going to say that. But, you know, certainly I don't think that um, Cal is, you know, 40 points worse than, than mm-hmm. Missouri. Um, yeah. It just was sort of one of those really just bad, bad, bad nights. But like I said, it is it is one of those things where it's like, okay, this is a team that was, you know, thought is thought to be a Pac-12 contender. Um 
you know, they're still the top ranked team in the in the Pac twelve by Ken Pomeroy. You know, it's still thought that they are going to be a pretty decent team, and yet no matter what happens this year, they are still gonna have a forty point loss to Missouri. Now if Missouri goes on to be, you know, a top five team and the game you know, the game was played in I think in Kansas City, if I remember right. Um so it was sort of sort of an away game you know, for for uh, for Cal to some degree, but it's just sort of like, you know, no matter what Cal does the rest of the way, no matter what Missouri does the rest of the way, there's going to be a 40 point loss to Missouri sitting there, and uh, and that that alone, I think, is going to be going to be damaging to uh, to any you know postseason aspirations they have, or you know, if Cal ends up being really good and and you know, and then somebody beats Cal, and this is sort of the problem we ended up with last year's. We t- we talk you know just a little bit about you know, trying to figure out, okay, who gets in the tournament, how many teams get in the tournament. Um, you know, you look and you go, okay, well, if you end up with a spot where, where the conference is sort of looked at as, as somewhat down and the teams at the top aren't looked at all that good, then it's like you can't really ever beat anybody to play your way into the tournament because everybody just kind of goes, oh, well, that team's not that good anyway. Yeah. And, you know, one, one advantage I think that the conference is going to have is that it's appearing that there's going to be a pretty clear um, strata, you know, system where there's sort of six teams up here and six teams down here. But, um, you know, it's, it does hurt when, you know, you, you just sort of there, there's this perception that and even if it's an incorrect perception, even if Cal just had, you know, a really, really, really exceptionally off night, um, you know, it just it just hurts and it, it does make things more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, there, so, you know, coming up, there's this week, there's hardly anything uh you know, Saturday, there's some games Saturday, um, but th- during the week, there's no real, none of these sort of teams we've been talking about are playing anybody. Um, Washington, well, we didn't talk about Washington as one of the, or we didn't talk about Washington or Oregon, um, but Washington's playing the, at Nevada on Friday, and uh, after the Huskies' last red performance where they got just destroyed at St. Louis, I'm sure they'll be, um, that'll, that'll, that'll be seen as a pretty big portent, whether they can get anything done on the road. Um, and then Saturday, Oregon at BYU, Texas at UCLA again, Stanford hosts North Carolina State on Sunday, Cal at San Diego State, which San Diego State seems to be pretty okay this year, although not like what they were what they were last year. Well, San Diego State just got done beating uh, Arizona. So, right. Well, yeah. So. Yeah. So at uh, at Arizona. So that's sort of a you know San Diego State is definitely. Um, Bouncing back well from from losing, uh, you know, obviously losing Kawhi Leonard and, and a host of other a passel of other seniors. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it's it's definitely you know that that's a game that Cal can't lose. I, I'm just going to come right out and say, you know, that's a game mm. Cal has to win. You know, you're, you're yeah. already, like I said, you're already sort of taking this national hit. You know, nobody nobody's going to sit there and say. Well, San Diego State is actually rebounding pretty well from losing Kawhi Leonard. Everybody's going right, to say right. San Diego State lost Kawhi Leonard and a whole bunch of other seniors. And how can you lose to a rebuilding San Diego State team from the Mountain West, team that wasn't even – I mean, they were picked, you know, third in the Mountain West behind uh, New Mexico and and, uh, and UNLV, which UNLV obviously looking really good. But, um, you know, it's just sort of – you know, that's if you're Cal, that's a game that you've that – I, that I think you've got to win – and you know Washington, you know that's that's Nevada again, an underrated team. I think um, you know I've seen them play this year, uh, previewed them for college basketball prospectus. 
Um, you know, they've they've got uh, they've got some really good players, and in particular, they've got a sophomore, and his name is just completely escaping me right now. So I'm gonna keep talking while I look up his name and <laughs> sound totally foolish. Um, but uh, they've got they've got an explosive Deontay Burton. Deontay Burton. They've got he's a kid who's a guard who uh, can penetrate, can shoot, um, was remarkably efficient. He stepped in as a freshman last year for them. Um, you know, led the team in uh, percentage of possession. <laughs> excuse me. Uh, he actually was second on the team in percentage of possessions used. Although when you factor in minutes, he was first. And so, um, really, really, really good player. And you know, Washington's got to win that game too because you know, as Washington finishes that game up, then next week they head out to. Uh, um, you know, next week they head out to I think New York, right? New York, to play yeah, Marquette, to play, yeah. play Marquette and Duke, which. You know, obviously both of those are going to be very, very difficult games. So, you know, the conference is sort of at a point now where, um, you know, just sort of losing, um, you know, sort of losing gimme games is they're just not really in a in a position to do. And you talked about Oregon as well. That was a game that I did get to watch a little bit of. That was on the Big Ten Network against uh, against Nebraska, and they looked pretty good. You know, they looked pretty good. So, um, so that's good. So the the you know the post uh, Jabari Brown. Era <laughs> appears appears to be going okay, and you know, and I haven't seen any new developments on that. Of you, is this still just sort of no? I haven't what seen what it is, right? Point. I don't know. I, I guess he's just not, you know, coming back. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen anything else. I'm just yeah, he's he's just done. No word, nothing. Yeah, so it's weird, and so Oregon's sort of in the same spot. Um, you know, they got a game against UTEP, and then uh, and then BYU, which again, you know, BYU is one of those things where it's like, you know, BYU is still a pretty good team, but you know, oh well, they don't have Jimmer Fredette anymore, and so you know, if it, it's sort of one of those games again. If you if you want to be, you know, taken seriously on a national scale, then you know, I mean, if you can figure out a way to win that game, then then you're going to be doing pretty well. So. You know, it is it is definitely uh, it is definitely interesting as as the weeks go by. Sort of watching these teams show. Maybe we could talk just a little bit about just how um, just how bad <laughs> the bottom half of the conference is right now. Oh um, man, yeah. My, I mean, yes, my well, beloved Cougars went to UC Riverside, which I mean, yeah. I know that they had a, like a seventeen point lead in the second half, and they probably shouldn't have lost that game. Blah blah. blah but that's bad. Uh, you know, you, I mean, we talked about UCLA, and we all think that they'll be better, but who knows? I mean, when? I don't know. Reeves Nelson still is going to, you know, be on the bench because he missed the can't seem to get a, on a plane or come to a meeting or anything on time. And then Utah, which, uh, I mean, they're just really maybe the worst Pac-10 team ever, you know. I mean, I'm not going to say they wouldn't beat, like, you know, the 1929, you know, Washington Sun Dodgers or anything, but they – uh they um, are brutally bad. They've lost, they've only, their only win is against some, like, Division II team or NAIA team. Then they've lost every single game by at least double digits. They lost uh, to Harvard, which is, you know, oh, they lost by 38 points to Harvard. Let's just say that. And they may not win um, another game. I mean, I don't they, – they play Idaho State on December 16th, and they play Cal State Fulton on the 7th. Those may be their best chances, but I don't um, – they're so terrible, and they uh, I, I just don't see them winning a game. So it's sort of a rough start to uh, to Pac-12 life for, for Utah, which was sort of, you know, when you heard Utah's coming in the conference for basketball, you thought, oh, well, okay, this will be, you know, another good team. But, no, they're just, they're just gone. 
Yeah, it's. Uh, I think college basketball aficionados would would sort of know that, you know, Harvard is actually a pretty good team. Well, you know, yeah, but, I'm just gonna say, but, but I mean, still, it's still Harvard. It's still Ivy League, <laughs> you know. It's, it's still, still one, you know, when you're a Pac-12 team getting, you know, basically whipped up and down the floor by Harvard. Um, that really says something. It's, you know, Pomeroy has them ranked uh, 241st right now. Oh God, which is, you know, really absurdly low for for a major conference team. Um, Another major conference team is actually down there right now is Boston College, but um, it's you know even when I sort of went back and looked because and, and actually this was from the Boston College because Boston College was in that same '76 uh, Classic with the Cougars down there mm-hmm. in Anaheim and and I noticed that they were ranked I, I think 250 going into the tournament. I was like, holy cow! I don't think I've ever seen a major conference team that low. And then I, I sort of went back and looked, and if you remember that uh, that 0 and 18 Oregon State team from. Mm-hmm you know, five years ago or whatever. Yeah. Went back and looked at where, where Pomeroy had them rated, and uh, and they were only like 190 or something, you know. I mean, they were bad, but they weren't even in the 200s, you know, out of obviously, you know, like 345 teams. Um, you know, Utah right now is is that bad, and, and this, this might be – um. Yeah, they are. They they are really, 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 really bad. Um. It's funny, you know, when you go to Ken Pomeroy's uh, team profile pages, he sort of color codes things on their statistical profile in terms of if it's good, it's green; if it's bad, it's red. And then he has sort of shades of red. There's, let's just say, there's a lot of red. <laughs> well, you know, so they got the new coach, and then a bunch of guys from the old coach transferred. And then the one good, good player that was left over was was David Foster, who's their seven three center, and then he got hurt. So I mean, they're basically playing with I don't know if they're playing walk ons. They might be playing walk ons, but I mean, they're you know they just there's just no talent on that team. And I don't know. I guess he wasn't able to bring anybody in. You know, they have some junior college guys that are waiting that will play, but um, but yeah, uh, that's that's not good. That's not good at all. No, it's really not good. And, you know, just buzzing over a couple other teams real quick, uh, you know, Air, uh, sorry, Colorado, uh, beating Air Force, beating Western Michigan, needing o- overtime to beat Air Force. But, you know, that's, uh, that's not, that's not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a game coming up tonight against Georgia. Um, that's at home. Again, that's, that's sort of a, you know, again, Georgia, not a, not a great SEC team, but, but, you know, okay, you know, average mm-hmm. maybe. And, and so, you know, beating them is, Again, you you would say is sort of uh, you know w- would go a long way to to changing perception. Um, you and know, USC is uh, Carlin Brown who trained yeah. from Utah, so yeah. there's another guy. Yep, and uh, USC, uh, you know, losing by ten actually doesn't look too bad against UNLV anymore. Um, and so, right. yeah, and so and they you know and then they bounced back, uh, you know, a little neutral court win there against. Uh, Against South Carolina, there in Las Vegas. So you know, and again, South Carolina is not not a world beater, but you know, maybe fairly average to slightly below average uh, SEC team. And you know, given how how bad we thought USC might be, um, you know, beating a an average to to below average SEC team isn't isn't the worst thing in the world. And then of course they will take on the dreaded UC Riverside Highlanders oh, on boy. Wednesday, which uh, you know, yeah, watch out for those Highlanders. Yeah. And, you know, it's uh, we sort of talked about Washington State briefly, but. Uh, yeah, they look bad right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they went down to Anaheim for the 76 Classic, and we sort of, last week was, again, you know, I said, uh, hey, you know, we're going to learn some things about some teams. Well, we certainly, we, we Washington State fans learned, learned some things about our team, namely we are really, 
bad right now without Clay Thompson. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. It's you know one of the things that has sort of plagued this team already this year is uh, is turnovers, and they were really good at taking care of the basketball last year. And I just sort of made this this blanket statement of well, they were really good at taking care of the basketball last year, and you know that's um, you know Ken Bone. You know, you just you just don't forget how to do that, and they'll fix it. And and then you know, I sort of got into it wasn't really a Twitter argument, but it was just like you know a, a uh, you know another fan who, whose opinion I respect sort of said, well, you know, he sort of challenged it a little bit and said, you know, you got all these guys handling the ball now, and I started thinking about it and started digging. I kind of went, well, yeah, you know, um, Clay Thompson was really good, and and the and and most people think of him as really really good as a scorer, which he obviously was, but he also was the main ball handler. Um, you know, he, he used about 33% of, uh, of WSU's possessions when he was on the floor, which is a super high amount. Um, was one of the highest in the country. And yet his turnover percentage was only like 17, which is very, very low for a guard. And so, you know, when, when you put that combination together, yeah, your turnover rate's actually gonna look pretty good. And so now all those possessions that Clay Thompson was using are now going into other guys' hands and who obviously aren't as talented and, um, you know, now they are maybe not as comfortable handling the ball as much as they are, passing the ball as much as they are, and 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 sort of the turnovers are are becoming a byproduct of that. And and uh, the defense is awful. And Clay Thompson was was a was a good defender, um, really excellent defender on the wing. As far as um, he was okay in man to man, but really excelled when they played when they played that zone because his arms are so long. And and so they just they just sort of. Look like a mess right now. They they were they played probably at what I would say is their best ten minutes of ball in the first ten minutes against Oklahoma, um, and then yeah, they were looking really good against Oklahoma. Yeah, and then proceeded to turn the ball over a ton and, and lose by fifteen. And then against New Mexico, um, they just came out slow out of the gate, went down by ten, and never got closer than that. Um, I only saw the second half of that game. They played pretty well in the second half, but could never could never really put a dent in, in, in what the Lobos were trying to do. And in fairness, again, that's another team where it's like, okay, you know, it's a team that was thought to be pretty good, you know, among college basketball people. They were like, you know, New Mexico's a, a good mid-major team. Um, but again, you know, sort of not being able to get within double digits against a mid-major team on a neutral court sort of doesn't reflect very well on what was thought to maybe be an average Pac-10 team, which doesn't look like that anymore after mm-hmm. blowing a 17-point lead. You know, and, and I think that the key is if if you do ever watch Washington State, um, the key is Reggie Moore, and he's the point guard. Um, came burst on the scene as a freshman two years ago, played really well, um, played poorly last year, which was mostly chalked up to. Um, to a wrist injury that he suffered before the season and, and just never seemed to get right. But now you look at him, okay, he's supposedly healthy with the wrist. He had a little groin thing, but he, t- he telling everybody who listened that his groin is fine, it's not a problem, he's 100%, and it was just a little tweak and all these things. So if I take that at face value, um, he's just not playing well. And, you know, when they built that 70-point lead against Riverside, he was playing well, but then all of a sudden he started not playing well, turning the ball over, bad shots, things like that, and and the team sort of fell apart. They really they lack an identity, and I think that that's that's probably true of a lot of teams. You know, at this point in the year that they, they, they try to figure out, but um, 
you know, in the meantime, you hope that you don't lose the teams like Riverside. You hope that you don't get destroyed by Harvard. You hope that you don't, um, you know, lose to Loyola Marymount. You know, all these losses that we've seen within the conference. You, you sort of hope that that sort of stuff doesn't happen while you figure things out. And yeah. and uh, the guys, the teams in the bottom half um, seem to not have been able to to really avoid that. Um, is is there any game this week that sort of maybe a game or two that sort of sticks out in your mind? As, uh, you know, as, I don't know, games that, that you know, if a, if a fan was was sort of wanting to sit down and, and make sure they catch this week, you know, we mentioned already it was a little thin, um, but anything you see that, that sort of sticks out in your mind as a team, as a game that, that yeah, you probably want to catch this because it'll be interesting. Uh, well, I mean, I think Washington-Nevada should be a pretty good game. Um, yeah, that might be worth checking out. That's Friday night at 8. It's on ESPNU. Um, you know, Huskies got blown out in their last road game. Uh, Nevada's usually a pretty solid team. Washington's pretty fun to watch. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I think that's a pretty big game for, fairly big game for Washington, I would say. Um, trying to, uh, I mean, as far as establishing any kind of, like, national stature or, uh, you know, I mean, every year they're, you know, the last few years anyway, you know, they've been really talented, but they haven't done very well in their non-conference schedule, which has led to them getting crummy seeds in the NCAA tournament, which has led to them playing teams like UNC in the second round or, you know, other, you know, uh, really good teams. So, um, so you know, kind of a, kind of a big-ish game for the Huskies, who are, who are definitely one of those teams kind of finding their way. What about you? Yeah, I would say uh, Oregon at BYU. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's next Saturday, um, and of course that's going to sort of get lost in the probably in the uh, you know football championship shuffle all over you the think? place. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I know. I'm not going to watch any of that, but okay. Yeah, it's and it's on it too. It's on uh, oh, it's on Root Sports Northwest, which mm-hmm. around the country, I'm not sure if other RSNs will be carrying that, but mm-hmm. um, up here in those of us in the Northwest, uh, we'll certainly be able to watch that if we want. That'll, you know that that should be, I think, an interesting game. And, and you know, like I said, BYU still talented. Um, Oregon, you know, looking for kind of something that might be somewhat of a signature win. Uh, you know, so that that gives them a little bit of an opportunity, even though BYU is without. Obviously, uh, the Jimmer, um, Texas at UCLA on Saturday again. That you know that might be interesting just for the train wreck um, factor. I will say this: here's a game that I really, really wish was on TV because it could be very interesting. Is uh, Arizona at New Mexico State, and that is Tuesday night. That's tomorrow night. We're recording Monday morning. Um, that is a game I watched. New Mexico State. New Mexico State beat New Mexico. Um, and uh, New Mexico State has an exceptionally large and athletic front line, and that is a problem for Arizona. There is a really good like I wouldn't say it's a good likelihood, but I would say there's a very real chance, a very real possibility that Arizona is riding a three-game losing streak um, after uh, after Tuesday night because well, they they have to go two Las Cruces to play that game, and you know that. Their fans are going to be jacked, and you know that their team is going to be fired up, and it's an emotional game, and they happen to be strong where Arizona struggles. According to the Arizona Wildcats website, that game is on FS Arizona Plus. Okay. I don't know what that means, but sometimes when they show these games on these regional networks, they're on Fox Sports Pacific or one of these other Fox yeah. things if you have the sports pack. Yes, uh, on your cable uh, or your DirecTV. So um, maybe that game will be on. But yeah, that'll be uh, yeah that that should be a good one. 
Yeah, so I would highly suggest if you if you have some sort of beefy sports pack, try to find that game Tuesday night, um, or also maybe try to find it online, some kind of stream somewhere. Arizona's usually pretty easy to find because they have passionate fans that sort of make that stuff happen. So, um, yeah, try to find that game because it could be, you know, don't be surprised if Arizona loses, and I'd be pretty shocked if it's not at least um, very competitive and entertaining. Yeah. Um, New Mexico State's not a, really not a bad team. I know people like New Mexico State, but – um, I'm telling you, not a bad team. Uh, ranked, I think, I want to say like 75-ish by Pomeroy, um, which is not bad at all, um, especially for a mid-major. And so I'd, I'd be, I would be surprised if that if that doesn't turn out to be a really good game. So that that's a game mm-hmm. that that I would keep an eye on. Um, any final thoughts, Seth? Uh gosh, no, I don't think I have any final thoughts yet. I think uh, everything's in flux right now. So, so just you know. Stay the course, I would yeah. say. Well, and you know, my my final thought would be that I am I am looking forward to watching more college basketball now that football season is over. Uh, yes. Um yes, in my in my other sort of duties as a writer, I do have to pay fairly close attention to uh, Washington State University football, which, as we all know, mm-hmm. is um, is painful. So, and by the way, congratulations on your on your Apple Cup victory. Um, oh yes. I may or may not have um swore a few times on Saturday. I did see that. I saw you swore <laughs> on Twitter which I found I, I absolutely know. very surprising. Yes. Surprising uh, and 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 telling somewhat uh, out of character. I said, "Oh man, Jeff's swearing on Twitter, so this is <laughs> people are not happy about yeah. that." But uh yeah. but, but uh, uh, hopefully there'll be less swearing now that football season is over. Yeah, although I did watch the basketball team lose three straight games in California, so oh God. I'll, I'll just I'll just sort of keep the swearing inside my head where until you until you find out that the Cougars have hired Nick Holt, you'll be yes swearing will stop. No, uh, <laughs> yes, it's yeah, it's uh, I think now that all I have to do is, is sort of cover uh, the the coaching search and and all that stuff, uh, I won't be spending you know hours and hours and hours watching games that are more or less. Uh, not a lot of fun. So, so that part, that part of the season's over. So yes, basketball, basketball is good. Basketball. Yes, basketball. All right. Well, that does it for another edition of 18 Life, the Pac-12 Hoops podcast. Uh, on behalf of Seth, I am Jeff and our producer, uh, Jeff Collier. Thanks a lot for, uh, for joining us this week. And, uh, we will talk to you all next week. Thanks.